Hope everyone pooped this morning. Welcome back to the McCarter Gets High podcast, your guide to all things plant-based medicine, including fungi. I'm your host, McCarter. Today, we talked to Goldie Solidar, CEO and founder of City Sessions Denver. City Sessions is a cannabis tourism and lifestyle brand that specializes in immersive and educational experiences. I loved my conversation with Goldie because I found out so much information about different demographics of people that consume cannabis and why. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, and I hope you enjoy. Huge thank you to our friends and partners at Puff Creative, an award-winning full-service marijuana marketing and advertising agency that's designing our website right now. Check them out at puffcreative.com. That's P-U-F-C-R-E-A-T-I-V.com. My name is Goldie Solidar. My business is called City Sessions Denver. And it's a cannabis tourism and lifestyle brand that I launched back in May of 2014. Wow. Yeah. So I've been in the industry for a while. Initially, I had intended on doing party bus style tours. Mm -hmm. And May of 2014 rolled around and I freaked out because I didn't know how to load a bus of people. How how the (laughs) hell do you get people to come on your tour bus? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I actually launched something called the guidebook and I actually brought you one, but it's like a pocket size book. And year one, I partnered with 50 businesses that fell under four different categories, eat, play, blaze, and shop. And I thought that this book was going to sell and it was going to kind of float me until I figured out how to load a bus people. Mm -hmm. It didn't. It actually (laughs) ended up becoming like my greatest piece of marketing material. But I actually went back east and I cleared my head out for a little while and I was like sitting on a mountain listening to Bob Weir and Rat Dog and smoking a bunch of weed. And I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into here? What are you going to do? And I decided that I was going to start hosting private tours out of my Honda CRV. Yeah, like dead serious. You can't even make this up. Out of the Honda. Out of the Honda. (laughs) And like a few days before I was supposed to return to Colorado, I got a call from a competing tour company, Colorado Cannabis Tours, oh. you're aware. And uh, this man, he, he's like, listen, I just read a blog article that you wrote about a grow house tour through Medicine Man. Who are you and what is your intention here? And so we ended up meeting and I basically told him that I was going to start hosting private tours out of my Honda CRV. He kind of had the same reaction mm. that you did. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like, I, I just, I think this is my path. A few days later, he referred me business and I got started. Wow. It was wild. Like whenever I talk to other entrepreneurs, I'm like, you just have to start. Yeah, like, just it's like, do it. Just start. Yeah. Basically from there, I started listening to like all these different questions that people were asking me in 2014 when this was all really new. And I quickly learned that cannabis does not discriminate and everyone has a different interest in the plant. My background uh, happens to be in anthropology and psychology. Oh, dope. Yeah. So (laughs) when I graduated, I was like, hmm, I think I got a degree in bullshit. Like, what the hell do you do with this? (laughs) I actually, like, use my degree every single day. I started doing case studies on my demographics and started— I know, it's wild the amount of, like, consumer data I have— But I spent, you know, three and a half hours with people, like kind of learning about them and like what their lifestyles looked like and why they wanted to incorporate cannabis or how they've been incorporating cannabis. And today I service four main demographic groups, first-time consumers, regular consumers, industry investors, and medical patients. And the whole premise behind City Sessions now is to provide an education so people know how to navigate the product line to enhance their lives, like whether that's to enhance an experience or aid in an ailment. And, you know, the product line is young, but, and it's growing quickly. And we have a lot of unsophisticated consumers out there. And, you know, even an unsophisticated consumer in my mind would be, you know, a man who's like 60 years old. And I'm like, how long have you been smoking weed? And he's like, 40 years. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, how much do you know about cannabis? It's like, I've been smoking for 40 years. And I'm like, yeah. mm, you don't really know anything. 
anything because you never had these options before. Mm-hmm. So um, it's that's kind of like where I've landed. So I have an education platform called the Human Side of Cannabis. I have uh, like immersive tour experiences. I have consulting now, um, really just on like the forecasting side for businesses, like in these emerging markets, watching the Colorado cannabis industry come up mm-hmm. and kind of like sit back and see how it evolved over time. So a bunch of different layers. Girl, I need to focus. Wow. I need to focus. <laughs> That's like COVID has made me realize like I need to focus on one thing. I totally feel you. I got to take, take a page from your book. On that. No, I'm still <laughs> trying to figure it out too. I'm just like, wait, that doesn't actually make me happy. Like what, like I, I know I want to educate people on the plant, but I've, I was still kind of navigating how, and I'm really fucking excited about this podcast. So yeah, hopefully it'll get big and we can there's make n- a life. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Set those intentions, put Woo! them out there. Yes. Um, I'm very, yeah, very fucking excited. But I would love to dive into the data you're talking about, like just any examples you can give, you know, that humanize the plant, that show people that anyone and everyone is going to use this plant and can use this plant. Right. So I always say that the entry into cannabis is medical first, and then you kind of make your way into recreational. When I see new consumers, they're typically on a tour to learn about how this is going to benefit their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't dive into this in high school or college and like, you know, (laughs) connect to it in some kind of way prior to all of this, you're kind of like, confused and like a little nervous and so so stigmatized. So medical into recreational. Um, I have identified that most people in our society are going to suffer from what I call the four most common ailments, anxiety, depression, insomnia, and pain. Mm -hmm. And that's typically a reason why people come and take a tour. Sure. The first question I ask my guests or I have my team ask my guests why do you consume cannabis or what brought you here today? And there's always a medicinal reason to it, mm-hmm. even though we know that like we enjoy how we feel afterwards and it makes you feel good. So medical into recreational. So in terms of like demographic groups, I mean, I've seen it all 21 to 85, all walks of life, teachers to CEOs of Fortune 500 yes. companies, everyone in between. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. But it makes me happy inside. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting because I took myself to the National Marijuana Business Conference in Seattle. I think it was NCIA at mm-hmm. the time, like like the first one ever. Yeah. Like 600 attendees. <laughs> uh, now it's like 40,000 or something. Yeah. And I listened to the mayor of like a county in Maine talk about how this plant is so connecting. And, you know, he was talking about how it connects generations and different people and, and different people, like people, different people from across the world. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting to see like what brings people into tour. And like, for me, what's so special about the tours is that like, I actually have connecting moments with these people, you know, like when you learn, like if you teach someone something and then you learn about their lifestyle and then you're able to connect over this plant, even if we're not consuming together, we're Mm -hmm. connecting and it's really deep. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. So in terms of consumer demographics, some of my most interesting, I would say, are moms. Mm-hmm. I think moms are like some of the coolest people in the entire world. Yes. I'm not a mom, <laughs> but um, one day. And they tell me that this plant makes them more patient, creative mothers. And yes. like, that is like awesome. And like, they'll tell me, they'll like, they'll say like, you know, I'll take a gummy and I'll sit down and I'll do homework for an hour and a half. And I'm like, really? And they're like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. Like they can like be there and in it with their kids, like yes. doing homework. Being or- present is so big right now. People are like, wait, hold on. My mind is racing to a thousand different things. I want to be able to hone in and like have this time where you can like feel it in your heart and like feel the memory being made, you know, like imprinted totally. in you. And I totally get it. Please continue. No, you are so right about that. And also, like, kids are hard. You Fuck know? yeah. So, like, if I you- was the hardest <laughs> fucking kid. Oh, my <laughs> God. I would just push it over, you know, make a mess. One woman came up, an old woman came up to my mother in the grocery store when I was, like, not even one and said, 
that little girl has the devil in her eyes. And it has predicted my entire life. <laughs> Amazing. Did your mom smoke weed? No. Does she now? Um, she uses the salve okay. on her arthritis pains. And okay. she'll take a hit of a joint when I'm home. Okay. Nice. So she'll connect with you. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. So another demographic group. Yes. Mothers and their kids and fathers and their kids. So I do a lot of tours with, you know, parents that want to take like their kids on like their 21st birthday experience and they'll come in and they'll do it together and they'll get educated together. And like, I love that the parent will understand on a deeper level, like why their kid is consuming Mm -hmm. and it's not so, you know, stigmatized anymore. And then then I'll dab them out together. Yes. (laughs) I want to come on a tour with my parents. It's you guys would have so much fun. I'm going to, we're going to arrange this. And it will probably open your mom up to other product lines. Yes. And so that's like something big that's kind of come out of what I've been doing for so long because I've been business facing and consumer facing and understand the product line and how to pair product to consumer. Um, it's been interesting, t- like taking on different demographics of people and recognizing that there are trigger words mm-hmm. that they're looking for to be able to pl- like get them into the right products. Interesting. What are some What are some trigger words? Okay, so like when people say I am, like I feel so stressed, okay. you know, like I feel so stressed and I'm just looking to like decompress. It's like they like take it all in and they don't know how to release. Uh huh. A lot of times we have to talk about ratioed products because when you're so stressed and you're so in your head, THC can exacerbate that. Right. You can get like looped up. It doesn't matter if it's sativa or an indica. It's just THC can kind of get you you spiraling. So we talk a lot about ratioed products Uh and we really talk about more like heavier on the CBD side. I'm a huge THC fan. I I believe that you need at least minor amounts of THC. Same. And it's not like 0.3. It's like one. One or two percent, like, yes. like something significant. Yeah, one to one is my go-to, like it, always. I love one to one, and two to one has been like a go-to for me. Ooh, because it helps relax the muscles. Okay, which opens up space in the mind, so you're not so looped up. Okay, so I actually did this really cool tour with this mother-daughter team, oh. and. Man, I learned so much on that tour. Like that's a that's a whole other aspect of the tours where like people feel very comfortable like expressing themselves in front of you. Oh. But like this this woman has been through a lot, a lot, and um, you know we started off this experience and she's consuming with her daughter and they're having a great time and we're coming to the end of the experience and I do something called a dab etiquette lesson in session. Yeah. Good. So many people need that. Oh my gosh. Totally. And like we talk about like we everyone smells and it's a really nice opportunity to smell terpenes. What is a dab? Totally. <laughs> we talk about what a rig is and cool down times and all the whole nine Yes. So you are doing the Lord's work. It's it's some stuff. It's for sure. People enjoy it. <laughs> and I um I was like, listen, I think that you should put some trust in me and let me dab you out with the the proper concentrate. And she's like 100 percent goldie, whatever you whatever you suggest. Oh my gosh. And I dabbed her out with a high CBD concentrate from uh, the lab. Yeah. Uh, it was like 17% THC to 75% CBD. Nice. And like I saw this wave come over this woman and she just calmed and she was like, this, this is what I have been looking for. And I'm like, I know. Wow. You know, because I needed her to have like the cerebral experience with her daughter through yeah. like the whole day, you know, like really like engage. She was done after that. Like she was like in she was like in her best place. Yeah. And she's like, I I didn't realize that I needed more CBD. And she was just so wound up uh-huh. that she needed to like actually peel back the layers and relax. Wow. It was awesome. It like was cool. an onion. Like just an onion. Peel it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, wow, that's oh, it feels like such a spiritual experience to be the gateway for these people. And not to use the word gateway, I feel like we're like gateway drug, <laughs> but like <laughs> to be like the new, you know, the one that opens the door and being like, this is what cannabis can actually provide you relief, better sleep, a better, a clear head, be more present, all of these things. Um, and pain relief, I feel like, which is so huge for people. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yes. Okay. Pain relief. <laughs> Can I? Oh. Well, it's so, pain relief is so interesting. So I have like a a very big network of friends. I have like a lot of different interests, which is which has brought some interesting people into my world. Yes. And I have a very good friend. She is an oncology surgeon. Whoa. And she's a good friend to have. She's a great friend to have. And we've been friends for a very long time. And she was actually like a part of my life when I started this business. And she is the most realistic person I've ever met in my life. (laughs) And I'm like, yo, like you need to be like telling your patients about like cannabis for pain for pain management. She's like, Goldie, there's no science about around this. Like, there's no science. There's no science. Doctors always want to say this Mm. shit. And I'm like, but there is. (laughs) There is, but there was there's not enough, right? And it's federally illegal. So she was out in California before she moved back here. And I get these phone calls from her. Goldie. My, my patients are asking about medical marijuana again. Of course. Like, I don't know what to tell them. I'm like, okay, this is what you're going to tell them. And you're going to send them off and go get this because they can get it in California. So I'd have to like kind of coach her. Right now, she's writing for a grant to do sublingual cannabinoid therapy as an alternative to narcotics post-operation. It has been- What? S- That's huge. Huge, 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 That's huge. huge. But it's been super interesting to kind of work with her and kind of advise her on like- Things that I didn't actually have words for. Like she told yeah. me that someone who's never, like someone who's never consumed cannabis before, we would consider them cannabinoid naive. Just like an interesting term to give someone I who's like never, that. you know, stimulated their endocannabinoid system. Yeah. So like as I'm learning from her, because like, you know, now she's doing all this research. I think these numbers are going to look a lot higher than what we have available today. So like, I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see 200, 300 milligrams of CBD with like five to 10 milligrams of THC. Oh, wow. Or like something like really high numbers. Like a tincture, like all sublingual tinctures. I think we're going to see sublingual first just because you get more bioavailability out of it. Yeah. But I don't know. But I just think that the numbers are going to be higher. When people come in for pain today, a lot of people that experience pain don't necessarily want to be high. Right. You know, because they're in like chronic pain. and They they just want to feel nothing. They want to feel good. Yeah. So I've seen some like what I'd call like almost like miracle moments Uh where like there was a woman who came in who had fibromyalgia and like terrible. I like and fibromyalgia is so crazy because you can't like see it. Mm -hmm. And there's like these like symptoms just manifest in really weird ways. So fibromyalgia is like Deep internal, like neural, like neuron pain. Yeah, I thought it was nerve, nerve pain, nerve, nerve pain. pain, yeah, nerve pain. Like, and you can't see it, but it like manifests in different ways. Like, like you, your whole body can be in pain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she, because of this, because living in like this deep pain for so long, she had low libido. Like she was depressed. Sure. And so she and her partner came out here and we did like an education and I turned them on to a uh, one-to-one CBD, CBN pen. Oh. Interesting, you know. Yeah. So CBN is known to help with like neurodegenerative disorders. Okay. Wait, I thought CB, does CBN help with sleep too? It also helps with sleep. Okay. Yep. I was like, I associate CBN with sleep, sleep. in yep. my head. But it also helps with neurodegenerative disorders. And then we incorporated THC in. So it was almost like a one-to-one CBD, CBN, THC. One-to-one-to-one. Yeah, one-to-one-to-one. <laughs> and she like, she got this like relief that came over her. Then she started crying and she's like, I just haven't experienced oh my like gosh. not feeling like I'm in pain, you know? So that was like one like really interesting like example of it. Wow. I feel like I would like start to cry too and be like, I'm so happy for you. (laughs) It's it's real. They're really big and interesting moments. But I think like more than anything, like people really need to explore it for themselves. So like they come on these. And have the opportunity to will like be like, well, what's that? What's that one? Well, I've heard about the gummies, but what about chocolates or what's sublingual? Like. All of it. Yeah. And like when you are educated and you have a roadmap to navigate the product line, you can explore all the different products. Mm-hmm. And people always ask me, they're like, like, do you really think that this product line is important? Every single product line is important, mm-hmm. you know? And it's so interesting watching like some of these states come up and they're like, 
no flour or no edibles. Ridiculous. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. No flour, no edibles. Like, It's like, and why are you trying to stifle an industry's creativity with, I mean, creativity is everything. Why? Uh, yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm with you. And like, this is like the infancy of it, but mm-hmm. it, you're so right. Like you need all forms of consumption. So that was one example, but you know, wow. I um like I'm dating someone right now and he has like a bum knee and I gave him uh Iovia's cool relief one-to-one gel. Oh yeah, I've tried that. It's great. Like it gives yeah. you that like cooling sensation. Yeah. He like rubbed it all. I was like, listen, like maybe you shouldn't work out for a couple of days and rest your knee. That's also I feel like people who were injured, they're always like, well, you know, I got to stick to my schedule. And I'm like, no, you fucking don't. Thank you. I feel exactly <laughs> the same way. He's like, I got to close this ring. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to get hurt more? Like that. You're hurting yourself now. <laughs> that, that's exactly how I feel. Like rest and recover. And yes. so he put this on and he like called me the next day and he's like, like, I had the greatest night's sleep. I'm like, that's because you weren't in pain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, and I was able to like get up and walk around. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like, you need to use this every day. Yes. You know, and it's and just- And this is what my parents are finally using. This is like the only thing they'll use religiously is like a one-to-one cannabis salve. I've sent them the Iova one before because I got it in like the high times cup thing. So many good products out there. And they're lifestyle products. And I think that that's the bigger conversation. Like, how do we educate people so they understand how to incorporate cannabis into their lifestyle? Preach. You know? And like, when I look around my home, it is everywhere. And like, people always comment, they're like, you have weed everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit more adulting right now. (laughs) So I'm trying to put it away. Um, But I feel you. (laughs) I have like three bongs everywhere. And yeah. (laughs) I, I feel you. So I have like my full spectrum, like CBD tincture by my coffee pot. I have, yes. I have a coffee table that like actually opens. Oh, those are dope. Yes. Yeah, so I have like a whole weed bar in there. Yes. That's where I actually hide it, you know? That's so convenient. But don't get me wrong. I still have like my dab rig on my coffee table. Yes. Like the whole nine yards and like yes. my bath. So I have dabs. We can take dabs. What are you trying to blow me out? If today? you want. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I feel bad. I was like, I don't know how high she'll want to get with like the weather. It's like three degrees and snowing right now. And did you drive from Denver? I did. It's wild out there, but the roads are fine. Okay. It's Thank you so for cold. making the trek. Of course. <laughs> wow. I'm just so blown away by everything that you're doing and have done. Goldie, can you please tell me some intriguing facts about cannabis? Maybe that you can just pull out of your back pocket. Some in- intriguing facts about cannabis. That, like the everyday person wouldn't know. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I always tell people that cannabis has been legal for far longer than it's been illegal. Yes. And like, I, that's just so basic. And like, that is just like, you know, information that you can Google and find out. But uh, just like everything else in our society, um, the prohibition of cannabis came about because of people's private interest. <laughs> so, so follow the money trail. Um, so that's one like big fun fact. I always like to tell people and I always kick off like my education by telling people that cannabis and hemp are sister plants. They're made of the exact same compounds, just in different ratios. Yeah. One is regulated and one is not regulated. And I just think it's really important to know that just mostly because I mean, I, it's a huge misconception. It's a huge misconception. And I also think that it's like really important for people to understand that like, not all CBD is created equal. Yes. Listen, I'm an asshole. I sit in my office sometimes. I'm like, there's nothing going on right now. I'm going to call this CBD store in New York. And I like call it up. I'm like, hey, can I speak to your manager? They're like, yeah. I'm like, what's your what's your number one seller? <laughs> I'm like, what are people saying about like the product lines? And I found out that 20% of products are returned. Whoa. And I'm like, why are they returned? They're like, people say they don't, they're not working. I'm like, that's because they don't know how to use them. Yeah. Or whatever it or they is don't doesn't know what work. to expect. Mm-hmm. Or it's some shit. All Rick, of Rick it. Simpson oil. You know it. It's all it's all the crap, you know? Yeah. And it just like it's it's frustrating that cannabis is a schedule one drug still. Yeah. And you can't even push out like cannabis education. Because the word cannabis is in whatever 
yep. you know, marketing material that you're trying to deploy for people to actually be able to consume. And uh, schedule one has just held a lot of things back. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that that's like another pain point. I think that another fact that people should just be aware of is that like, People are capitalizing on this plant while other people are sitting in prison for nonviolent cannabis offenses. And like, I just like, I can't get behind that. And Uh I just like, I kind of look to our government to like shame them a little bit that they are even allowing it to happen. Yeah, so fucked up. It's a little fucked up. So like, you know, I like, I'm in this place in like my career right now where I'm trying to like walk like a moral like tightrope just to kind of figure out what makes most sense and Mm -hmm. like speaks to my soul. Yeah. Because it's hard. It's, you know, we're living in this place where you have this remarkable plant and the potential of it is so big and you just don't know what direction it's going to go in. And I'm like skimming the surface on doing like my part. And I'm I'm personally trying to figure out how to expand expand this message of education yes. and like reach more people yes. in like what is kind of like a stifling situation with schedule one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, so schedule one, everyone, it's an issue. Get out there and talk to your, your Congress people about getting that yes. changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a frequent topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously how can we, how can it not be brought up? <laughs> it's just rough. So that, and then, um, Lastly, we are meant to take in cannabis. Yes. We make endocannabinoids in our brain, and the only other place that cannabinoids are made are in the cannabis plant, phytocannabinoids. So, I mean, you are what you smoke, right? Yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know. It's. I feel like the education is still so behind on the endocannabinoid system and people even understanding that it's this whole network of systems inside our body that interact with all the other systems inside of our body and can hugely impact things like stress and anxiety and depression and like everything else we're mentioning. And yeah, just getting people to just like take a tiny bite out of the apple of the cannabis knowledge. <laughs> well, it's so true. It's like, you know, you have all these people that are so ignorant out there and it's because they choose not to educate themselves. And like when I, I and I have to hold like our Congress people to a much higher standard, like you cannot make a comment about something that you don't know anything about. Oh yeah. You know, and I just like, I, I have a hard time with that. And you're right about the endocannabinoid system. Like it is, it is our largest, like our largest endocrine system in our bodies. And back to my friend, uh, the oncology surgeon, she told me that she read this study about a woman who came at, out of an operation and they wanted her to rate her pain. And she's like, I'm not in pain. And they're like, wait, what? Like you just came out of like a major surgery. And they looked into her endocannabinoid system and it overproduced endocannabinoids. So she was not feeling pain. So it's like, like we, you're right. We have literally just started skimming the surface on doing research on the endocannabinoid system. But like, I have been saying this for a really long time, mostly because I've worked with companies like Ebu and like. Do you want to continue more into other future insights you think where the industry is going? Yeah, this is like something I think about often and it it actually gives me a little bit of anxiety. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I don't fully know. Like I um I I tour people that come in from emerging markets and like I introduce them to the business of cannabis in the Colorado market. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now I have Mississippi coming in and South Dakota and a little bit of Arizona, but I don't know if you heard what happened in South Dakota recently. No. Their governor like voted down cannabis, even though the majority voted for a medical and recreational program. So I'm like in this place right now, and I'm, I feel like I might be a little naive just kind of understanding how our systems work. But like, I'm just confused to why we're not moving this forward when people are asking for it. Yeah. And then I, you know, we're, if we kind of come full circle back to schedule one and federal legalization, like 
I believe that states are going to want to hold onto their programs because they want to inject capital into their states. Yeah, and, and absolutely. I, and, and it's fair, right? It's, yeah. It's totally That's fair. That's what they do with alcohol sales, right? Or, and tobacco sales. Totally. The problem that I'm seeing and it's happening today is everyone is bringing forward their own cannabis program. And like we have this market here in Colorado that we've like we've regulated and regulated and all these small businesses that have persevered or, you know, got acquired over time, we're a part of like shaping our cannabis program here in Colorado and mm-hmm. it works. And like, is it perfect? No, but it works. And you're just watching these states just build from the ground up and it's yeah. so disjointed. It's like, why? Why are you doing that? Well, and Take it, our go- decent take system. We at least have some of it figured out. And then expand upon it or yeah. tweak it. But like what I see being such an issue, especially for small business at the end of the day and yes. is um, like if you have to change your packaging yes. from every state to be able to move it into another state, you know? No one has that money. No, <laughs> it, it, it just, no small business has that money. I'm watching this industry and it's getting ready to like take off on a whole different level and the barrier to entry is getting higher and small yeah. businesses are not making it. And I, you know, I would almost like hope that our federal government recognizes how impactful an emerging industry can be and learn from what happened in tech. Yeah. And, you know, really kind of inject smaller businesses with an opportunity to actually make money and maybe even make generational money for themselves, you know? Yes. So I don't know. I'm, I want to be hopeful. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little jaded right now, yep. but uh, I, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I, I do think we're going to see big business come in here and dominate. And then don't get me wrong. We are going to see a resurge of craft. Yeah. Like there is for beer. I feel like totally that we saw it's, it's still happening. I feel like so totally. many people are going back to craft beer, like they want to see the dope, you know, strawberry banana smoothie style Berliner Weiss that someone up the street made. I am so with you. And I actually compare cannabis to the beer industry. And I tell people, especially when we're doing those dab sessions and they're smelling everything, Mm -hmm. people are going out and they're seeking, you know, different IPAs from craft brewery to craft brewery. Hops and cannabis, man. (laughs) They're just different terpene profiles yep. at the end of the day. They're so similar. So similar. Man, I got to get into beer. So what have you seen as the biggest challenges in starting a cannabis business? Ooh, such a good question. Okay, so I love this question because recently I had a gentleman from Phoenix fly in and he owns a tourism company in Phoenix. Oh. And he said to me, I want to get into cannabis. Will you teach me what you do? And I'm like, shit, man. I'm like, I'm gonna teach this guy like all about my business. You gotta get a fucking like trademark or royalty or on it or something. And then I thought about it for a little while. I'm like, this business is so upped. Right now that like, I'll just share everything with you and you just figure out how to make it work in your state. Right. I bet it's he's going to have so many different obstacles than you oh, I mean, had okay. or, yeah. So the biggest obstacle obstacles in the beginning were finding partners that would gain me access into their grows. Yes. You know, because we can transmit microbials. Yeah. Um, I've learned from my longstanding partners that like, sorry, no one that's getting off a plane from New York City is like transferring any microbials into your garden. It's going to be like your growers that have basement grows. Yeah. You know, so it's like not people that are flying into town. Um, but, you know, at the same token, it is something I have to be hypersensitive to. So in establishing my business, I had to make sure that my partners really trusted me and that they knew that I was never going to take people through an, an alternative grow the same day. So mm-hmm. like, there was not going to be any cross-contamination going on mm-hmm. um, and that I was going to vet everyone before they were going to come on the tour. Okay. So like that was like one big hurdle. And then, you know, as the industry evolved, we had microbial testing come out when recreational launched. And then everyone was like on hyper alert because our microbial testing is ridiculously unattainable, Mm -hmm. you know, like compared to like 
the amount of microbials that live like on our salad in our refrigerator. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Um, so that was like one big hurdle. Then I'll just tell you guys a story. I um I got hit with a uh, a letter that said cease all operations or you're subject to fifteen thousand dollars of fines a day. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh my god! So that first year, I was in and out of the Denver International Airport like forty times for four twenty. Four twenty. I'm like picking people up from the airport, like oh, back and forth. And now, so I got this letter afterward. Clearly, like my car was flagged or something. And I didn't realize that I needed to be registered with the Public Utility Commission. I'm like different regulatory agency because I was transferring people. What? Yeah, I never, I don't even know what that is. So all of a sudden I just got a limo license. So that was another obstacle. Yes. Yes. Then another obstacle is insurance. So like, I'm going to tell you, I have beaten my head against a wall over insurance for a really long time. Um, I'm only a one car operation. I have partners that I sub like, transportation out to one because I smoke weed and you can't you can't consume if you transport I believe over 12 people so like I never got myself into like a sprinter van or anything mm-hmm. um and I had to pay $9,200 on a seven passenger SUV for my commercial auto policy and like that is like astronomically expensive oh for a small business owner. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it, we don't have that money. I don't have that money. <laughs> well, and the interesting part of it was, you know, I got bumped around to different insurance providers. Like I was with, oh, yeah. I was with one for a long time. And then all of a sudden, like they dropped me. No incident. They yep, just dropped me. I've been there before. Ooh, and then like all of a sudden I got pigeonholed into this one. I'm like, why am I taking these like massive hits? Like because the word cannabis is on my website. And I kept on telling these people, I'm like, the topic of conversation happens to be cannabis. It could be jelly beans. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand what the situation is here. So I've just kind of taken it from insurance along the way. Also, like, a part of my business is, like, almost being, like, a brand ambassador yeah. for these companies. So I partner with brands, all of which hold their own niche in the marketplace and are of the highest quality. Mm-hmm. I go out and I vet them for quality, consistency, innovation, and customer service. And they become a part of my community. And like, I'm pretty adamant about like who I want to represent and who I want to bring forward in this experience because Mm -hmm. I really want to represent the best of cannabis and the best of Colorado. Yeah. So, you know, every year I sit down and I like talk about what I've done and like renegotiate my contracts. And like, I typically do business with the same people every year, but it's interesting, like, to not have basic business marketing benefits and people not fully recognizing the power of one-to-one sales. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually had the CEO of Ascend come to my office one day and dab me out with this like great concentrate. Yeah. And he's like, how do I work with you? And I'm like, um, well, like my, my season's closed out, but like we can talk about it next year. And I was like, why do you want to work with me? He's like, well, you're an influencer. And I'm like, I think I only have like 1,800 followers on my Instagram. He's like, no, Goldie, like you are out in the community and you're talking about cannabis all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you are like a, like a reality influencer. Like you are an integral part of spreading a message through face-to-face contact. And I'm telling you, like I talk about cannabis at Passover dinner. Yes. I talk about cannabis. Same. You know, like, you, know, you know, like I'm talking about, can- I'm like sitting at a bar. I'm like, oh, you guys should, you should try this ripple right now. Like people yes. are like, what? I'm like, I'm on the ski slope. We're talking about ripple. This couple was sitting next to us. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, for you, for later, don't do this now. It's 10 <laughs> milligrams. It'll help your muscles later. Yes. But just talking about it all the time, just you know? spreading the plant. And I think it's like, it for me, it's so beneficial in my own life that I want to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, when this gentleman came in and and I kind of broke down my business model to him, he was like, I didn't realize there was this like whole like brand representing and like, yeah. you know, bringing forward the industry. And I'm like, for me, like, that's what makes this experience so special. The fact that we're talking about Colorado cannabis and like these brands that chose to start here. Like 
I love 1906. Same. Got nothing but love for them. <laughs> and they chose to start here because this is the most regulated. This was this is the first. And like they really mm-hmm. were able to penetrate this market. And this is not an easy market. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, trying to get the bud tender to understand what five milligrams that's more bioavailable means at the end of the day. And yeah. then really having these unique experiences that you're going to actually feel like it's a really easy barrier to entry for people that are new to cannabis. I want to talk about them all the time. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I want to gift some experiences around. Yeah. You know, like I'll be the candy man of society. Yes. I'm down. I'm already the candy man of my friends and family. We're good. Yes. Yeah. My gosh, we are so similar. <laughs> it cracks me up. <laughs> yes. I only give cannabis and hemp gifts. Right? Like I don't give regular gifts. So my go-to gifts right now for my girlfriends, I love giving them Coda bath bombs. Yes, those are great. And I love giving them 1906 love. Yes. It would be awesome if you could describe the tours that you give, kind of if you could give like an outline or generally like how long the tours are, how many people, what you do. I know you said you mentioned like a grow, then do you go to a dispensary and then you consume or something like that? So it kind of depends on the tour. So I really made it complicated for everyone. And initially said, like, these are customized experiences. Like, here's the list of everything you can do. It was way too much for people. So, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, way too much for people. So typically by the time people call, they have not read anything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I don't know if people read. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, no, they just like usually find me on Yelp and I've done a really good job with my Yelp. I think I'm nice. like a lead in Yelp. That was my, that was a follow-up question was where do most people find you? Usually Yelp right now. Find her on Yelp, people. Find me on Yelp. City five stars. Sessions, Denver. So typically I say that the experience starts with a phone call because I, you can't. The initial consultation, if you will. The initial consultation, exactly. A perfect (laughs) way of putting it. So the whole deal is that you call and I get to learn a little bit about you because you can't book this experience on the phone, on the computer. Nice. So I like that. You have to personally vet. Well, I do. And it's because one, my experiences are very expensive. Yeah. And two, I want to make sure that like we're really customizing the experience around your interest and like what you want to accomplish. Yeah. Um, I always believe that people remember their great experiences in life. They don't remember the shoes they bought last year. Yes. So like this is like something very special. And I actually end up doing usually about 20% of my business and repeat every year. So wow. people come back and bring their friends and family. Oh, it's cool. Amazing. So starts with a phone call. I learn about you, like the person, what, if they're new to cannabis or they're a regular consumer, if they're new to Colorado. Um, we talk a little bit about what their interest in touring is and where they're staying in the city. And when I kind of help them build that itinerary, we nice. also, we also customize a playlist. Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's, I'm telling you. Down like, to the detail she is. And I like to know what kind of high you enjoy when you're out and about. So my experiences are private, so it's different like a, than a public experience. And um, it's a nice opportunity for me to kind of understand who I'm like, who's coming in. Initially. Absolutely. So we typically pick up from your Denver-based lodging location. And then depending on what type of tour it is, if you're a new consumer or if you're you're doing our medical relief tour, we typically start with a consultation. So it's more of a face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. And then we get out. Um, and if you're like not new to this, we give the education in route. The education is brought up multiple times throughout the experience. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing it and then it's brought to life when you walk through the cultivation and you're seeing it. And then we take my guidebook and we sit down and we go through the product lines before nice. you walk into the dispensary. So you kind of have some idea yeah, of what like, you're looking oh, for. Oh, I think I might want to try a drink or whatever. Totally. So you, it's kind of, you hear the education in different forms. So we walk through the cultivation. The cultivation is awesome. We Oh, do- yeah. I'd always just like faint to my knees in a cultivation. I'm like, it's just so beautiful. So 
beautiful. And we take everyone from clone to cure so they see the full process. It's nice. like a full immersive experience up close and personal with the plants. Oh. We take really fun photos. And yes. Depending on like who I'm with, like the conversation can be real in depth. Like they'll want to know about like defoliation and feeding and yeah. like what kind of mediums are being used. Light cycles. All of it. <laughs> and then some people like I'm, you know, I break it down very seamlessly. I like to like say that we give a digestible education because it's so much information. Yeah. You and, don't want to overwhelm people and then they just like don't remember anything. Well, I can tell you I do just that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But it's so. We love that. But it's so cute because when they come back, I'm like, yo, you're going to hear like a like the same education again. They're like, it's all right. We've only absorbed like 50% of it. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. We'll just build off what you do remember. Yes. So we we go through the cultivation. We do, we do the dispensary. They're able to shop on a discount. And then the rest of the experience is really up to them. We can dive deeper into cannabis. And um, I'm usually partnered with an extraction lab. So nice. we can walk through an extraction lab so they can learn the process of making butane extracted concentrates or CO2 oil. Um, we offer dab etiquette lessons and sessions. And then we also do things like getting out and exploring colorful Colorado. Food, art, nature, beer, all while they can like elevate along the way mm-hmm. and kind of kick back and enjoy the experience. So education on the front end. Zach wants to go on a tour so badly. Let's <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. So food, art, nature, beer. And it's like a really nice way to get educated on the front end, t- get tapped into like product lines that you think are going to work best for your body chemistry based on what yes. you've learned and then have an elevated experience with cannabis along the way. Fuck yeah. So it really becomes this lifestyle and it's, um, it's awesome. I mean- I think the greatest part of my job is the connection part through cannabis because by the end I've like learned so much about people. Sometimes they've learned way too much about me. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Yes. We welcome that. Yeah. We welcome it, but it's like a very connecting experience. And I, I feel very blessed for my exposure to people and all sorts of different people. Yeah. Um, I forget that, you know, we're, we live in our like bubbles in our society, you know, where we, you know, see the same culture every day or we're always around like-minded people. And Mm -hmm. again, back to demographics, you know, I've toured Mormon gun owners before that smoke weed. Like what? Interesting. You know, wait, I want to hear more. (laughs) Like, like, but you, like you think about that and you're like, that's interesting. It seems like a paradox. And then like, like, you know, CEOs of oil tycoons. And you're like, mm, this is so interesting. And then, wow. but then, you're, you know, then I'm having people that are, you know, business people from like EO and YPO chapters, like entrepreneurial groups come in and want to understand the business, but come back and do my medical relief tour because they're experiencing seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. And they want to talk about microdosing as a lifestyle. Yes. So it's really interesting to kind of see all these different types of consumers teachers. Teachers are my favorite types of consumers. They're like, Goldie, we love what we do. It's such hard work. And then we come home and we smoke some weed and we grade some papers. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, You know, and it, it's interesting to kind of see all these different demographic groups that consume cannabis and you wouldn't know yeah. necessarily that they consume cannabis. Off the street, you wouldn't be like, they smoke weed. Exactly. You know, and it's all different types of people. And I love the exposure because I want to do a lot in this world and I'm going to take that exposure and be able to parlay it into something impactful through education down the road. Goldie, thank you so much for coming on. This was literally the best best time, best interview I've had in a while. I'm so excited for the people to hear it and learn. I feel like I learned so much. And Zach, I know Zach learned a shit ton. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yay. It's so nice to smoke weed with a badass babe and cannabis. And I love what you're doing. You just keep on following your Dharma girl. And one more shout out to our friends at Puff Creative for designing our amazing website. Check them out at puffcreative.com. That's P-U-F-C-R-E-A-T-I-V.com. And tell them McCarter sent you. And now it's time for our stoner story of the day. The story reads, 
Hi, McCarter. I'm so glad that you started this podcast. I've been a fan of your social media account for some time, and I can't wait to learn more about cannabis from you. My favorite high story dates back to my college days at the University of Denver. It was extremely popular to study abroad during junior year at DU. I was pre-med and my boyfriend played on the basketball team, so we did not participate in this opportunity, however. This is all to say that campus my junior year was pretty void of my friends, who were all gallivanting in Spain, Australia, Ireland, and France. So most weekends, I went up to the mountains or relaxed at my boyfriend's apartment, getting way too high and subsequently overeating. One night after getting very high, we decided we must have chocolate frosties and fries from our campus Wendy's. Anyone with any sense knows that dipping those hot, extra salty fries in a slightly melted chocolate frosty is the best high snack. It covers all the essential senses and tastes. Hot and cold, sweet and salty, so delicious. (laughs) So anyway, we got into my boyfriend's car and headed to Wendy's. He was driving, but in hindsight, I probably should have taken over despite my subpar driving skills with his stick shift situation. Shortly after we pulled into the Wendy's, my boyfriend started to get very nervous. We pulled up to the driveway, the drive through window and placed our frosty and fry orders. We likely also ordered crispy chicken sandwiches and a bacon cheeseburger because, hey, you didn't make it a difficult trek off the couch for nothing. As we advanced through the drive through line, my boyfriend's anxiety was mounting. He was repetitively glancing at the car behind us and started to sweat. I kept asking him, what's wrong? What are you looking at? But he seemed too distracted by his, his nerves to even hear me. Despite this, we continued advancing through the drive through line, and eventually we made it to the payment window and finally the pickup window. As soon as we got our food, he threw it in my lap and exclaimed, thank God we have got to get out of here. I looked at him puzzled and asked, why? What's wrong? At this point, he seemed ready to explain his anxiety. He locked eyes with me like I was insane to not see what was happening and yelled, because the car behind us has been following us since we pulled in here. (laughs) It only took moments for me to lose it. And I mean, almost lose my bladder control, unable to breathe laughing. He again shot daggers at me and exclaimed, what? Aren't you nervous they're following us? When I finally got my breath, I explained to him, of course they're following us. We're in a drive through line. After a few moments, my boyfriend slightly lowered his guard and let out a few chuckles, but his level of high was still too great to just let this go. It was not until we were safely back on the couch in his apartment that he truly relaxed. He is now my husband, and I love giving him shit about this time that we thought we were being stalked in the Wendy's drive through line. Thanks for sharing. That was from Libby. Thank you so much, Libby. That's a great story. Paranoia is definitely a bad side effect of too much too much cannabis consumption, especially with THC. So you gotta be gotta watch out for that anxiety and that paranoia kicking in. But that's a pretty hilarious story. I'm happy it wasn't actually a cop or something. <laughs> Thank you so much for sending this in. Please keep writing in your high stories. They don't have to be super funny. Whatever comes to mind, whatever has stuck in your mind from all these years, I would love to know. Please send your stories to mccartergetshighpod at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye.